So we'll just take a moment to take a few breaths and it's wonderful to socialize and connect in and get to know each other. So we'll just sit and connect with the breath for a second. There's a great power in gratitude for just being thankful for this moment, the gift of life. Inwardly we say thank you. Thank you for this opportunity to realize who I am. I am. It's wonderful that this individual expression, this body-mind, it allows for so much beauty and for relationship and to hear birds singing and to see someone smile. There's great beauty in the positioning of an individual and also great depth when we realize our essential nature is the same whether it's the bird singing or the person next to you same essence each and every moment the evidence of who and what we are is before us. Life itself is a mirror 
that can reflect back to us our own divinity. Listen without labeling, the world takes on a mystery. A bird singing is God singing. can ask yourself, does the coming and going of any sound affect the openness that we are? The sounds move through us. Open your eyes whenever you like, or they can remain shut as you wish. singing so much this time of year. Mm. Trying to invite itself in for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> somebody that 
when you're talking to one person, you're talking to everybody mm. because everything that you say is yeah, it's all resonating. Um, and uh, this morning, I was, um, you know, just that kind of sense of, and, and that just that feeling of, yeah, it's it's there. You know, it's it's you know, just kind of let myself drop into it. It was just it was a it was a um, it was very affirming because it was like seeing how I have moved God. on, seeing how I have, and, yeah. uh, and, and so much more hope. Great. It's a great uh, indicator of when we've recognised when a strong old imprint or pattern comes up and we don't fully identify with it. There's that little bit of space. That's a huge boon. It's fantastic. You know, and here's the thing. Identification is like a form of fuel or feeding a pattern. And when we don't identify, we're not feeding it. And it diminishes in strength, diminishes, diminishes, diminishes. So when it says strong depression comes up, if we get lost in it, if we become the depressed one, it nearly feeds it. Right? So it keeps going. So that process of deeply witnessing as we're present allows for that pattern to arise and move if it needs to. But we don't take any stance of trying to kill it or stab it or move it. It's a pattern. In a way, it's a pattern of consciousness. And it's no less divine, even this pattern of depression, you see. Sometimes when we start the process of disidentification, it can feel a bit icky and it's like, oh God, you know, we don't like to see certain things that are in our energetic system. But when we have compassion for even these patterns, in a way, they're never licked off the ground. You know, they can come through a family line or through events in our life or traumas. So they're kind of an imprint left. So one of the a great starting point is just to disidentify. And then is, can we leave it move? Do we not feed it, but yet have nothing against it or no fear of it? Often within any pattern, say a pattern of depression, sometimes there is a very valuable lesson in it. And it reveals itself when we can witness it without judgment. And is, can we stay with the, normally we identify with such patterns, can we stay with the openness or lack of identity, of not exactly knowing who or what we are, but just being comfortable in that, and comfortable with the not knowing. Because in a way the not knowing is kind of, no grasping. We're not pushing away, it's just, okay. 
and even if there's a temporary identification with such a pattern, no problem. <coughs> you can catch it <coughs> later as you kind of become conscious and go, oh, I'm identifying with such a thing. And then there's a boon again, it's like, ah, yes, I'm not that. I'm not limited to that. And then you may start to notice the different things that may trigger a particular pattern, what triggers it. And it gives you a deeper insight into the nature of this pattern. I used to call such constricting patterns knots, knots in the energy body or into in the emotional well-being. But I came to the realization that even the knots or patterns are God. You see? And this means I didn't have to fight them anymore. And this was fantastic news. You see? We can lay down our arms and our ideas about right and wrong. And in that seeing, so much is freed up to change effortlessly. You see, and that's the power of presence. Lovely. Good. For me, my major pattern for many years was anger. Anger, slight unease or frustration drove me, kind of frustration. And I kind of had to very honestly unpack that pattern to see exactly what was going on with it. And it started to boil down, I started to look at it. And part of it was, I was not getting what I wanted or what I felt I needed. That I had the idea that life was wrong. It had delivered me the wrong events, the wrong people. Sometimes it felt even the wrong body. There's a sense of frustration. And in that there was a huge sense of anger at life. But it was all based on that one kernel, I, I am not getting, or I am not in control, I can't get what I want. But I came to see in that statement, I couldn't give it weight anymore because I didn't know what that I was. We use the word I hundreds of times a day. 
and we very rarely stop to question what it is. Can we truly say we're anything when we don't know what this I is? Can we say I'm a man, I'm a woman or I'm angry if I don't know what this I is? So then we start to be very careful with what we say, you see. You could say it's right speech because we start using this I very sparingly because we understand we don't know exactly what it is. And so in a way we become very interested in finding out what this I is. <coughs> Even the idea, I am lost, can I truly say that if I don't know what I is? I'm a seeker. Again, can I say that? There's something stopping me. Can I say that as well, in all truth? If I don't know what I is, me is. <coughs> so this can be a huge energetic boon in a way that we pull back our announcements of what we are in the world and what we claim to be. And we pull the energy back in investigation into what is this I. That I'm not going to claim to be all these things when I don't have evidence or direct insight into what the I is. And you can see this as you go about your business or in relationships, how people use this sense of I, how quickly it, the I becomes enmeshed in emotional qualities or drama or story. It's very easy maybe to see it in other people, but then to take it back to herself. It's, yeah. But where this leads is self-inquiry, is that we ask the question then, are we, who am I? It's then, do we have the earnestness, our deep yearning to stay with the silence, to really listen, regardless of the pull of outer world? Can we stay with the silence? Not just the physical silence, but that no conceptual answer is coming to answer this question. And this question will not be answered by a verbal answer, only direct insight. And it's not within our control when that direct insight flourishes, when it flowers because we're not the doers. We surrender into our own openness, into our own stillness.
I remember when it fully started to dawn on me that I've used this word I for 40 something years and I have no clue what it is. That everything I've said about this I is a story. Sometimes an interesting story, sometimes a harrowing, sometimes like joyful. Such as the pull of story, very convincing, but partial. There's power in the admission, I don't know. I actually don't know who or what I am. And that can leave room for a revelation. Don't give in to the power of a story that says you're inadequate or lacking or need so much more time. If you don't touch the idea of time, there is no time. Only this presence. Even as the joy of our own presence, our intensity of it seems to increase, it can be unfamiliar to us and somehow we seek safety in contraction. It's like sometimes the silence can be overwhelming. But only to the separate self. You 
you could say it's your home ground. It's very useful for us to meet in groups like this in a way it, it exercises our spiritual muscle, our ability to be present and to not touch Dory. And then it's how do we let that penetrate and filter out into life when there's someone who has harsh words for us or things are going wrong or the car is broken down. Are we present to life? Are we in conflict with the moment? Are we inwardly saying this should not be happening when in fact it is happening? So it's very vital to let our spirituality flood our daily life where there's no difference. This life is spirit. Not one part gets left out. This life is love. You could call it unconditional love because everything is allowed to be as it is. Even our condemnation of it is allowed. No control. So I invite you today maybe to not entertain the idea that you're leaving satsang when you leave here. That's the potential. So it is my joy to share this space with you, share this few words and silence together. I thank you all for coming and go gently. Has anyone any other further question or having another one next month as well. Good. There's a great
comfortability in this presence. And gradually it dawns on us that it doesn't have to end, so to speak. That the fragrance of presence can modulate, sometimes greater, sometimes lesser, sometimes more pronounced as love, sometimes subtle feeling of joy. But its undercurrent is always available, always here and never, ever, ever denied to us. No one can hold us from it. Thank you all.